0: Episode 2 of Water Culture, um, which probably has a sort of spiel about what's it is, but. We did that last yeah. We'll fix that in post, don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> yeah, sure we will. Um, so, this time we're looking at Monsters and Magic by Sarah Newton. Uh, which was run in thank you Roger in May to July 2019 uh, by our very own Big Jack Brass, um, uh, John with is Mark fine. And but... Roger and Nick.
1: I'm not Dirk the Dice. I don't pretend I'm someone else in
0: it. Sorry, Dirk. Run by John. I apologise. <laughs> uh, with the rest of you lots playing, um, and it was a pre-written scenario called The Stealer of Children.
2: Uh, that's yes, not yes, it was it, was it like, Pre-written yeah. for Monsters and Magic, John. No, was it, it? Okay. it was
1: actually pre-written for Labyrinth Lord. But a feature ah. of Monster Magic we'll get to is it's supposed to be compatible with all these sort of other OSR style uh, adventures. So it's The Steel of Children by Peter C. Spahn, published can by I, SMG.
2: Can I cl- thank you, Peter? Um, can I clarify then at the start the difference between OSR and O? D
1: and uh, You can. I'll. I'll try and answer that. O D and D is basically Dungeons and Dragons. It's first edition right. Dungeons and Dragons. It's anything pretty or much a clone of it. Uh, well, no. O D and D means really the first edition Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Okay. So that's the the wood grain box or the white box that came after it with the three little brown books in it. Um, supplements like Greyhawk, Blackmoor. Um, those sorts of things, anything pretty much up to the first basic set, which was the 1977 one that uh, John Eric Holmes edited. Okay. Which, for many people, was their first introduction to D&D, because that actually started getting into um, toy shops and things. Whereas original D&D was always a little bit niche. So... <laughs>
3: So we well, don't have a niche hobby. Niche, at all. niche well, of it, a Niche it was it was sold to wargamers basically, as I understand it, yeah. as a smaller scale than usual wargame. And I, I I'd still, I was just about there with the time when there were still some wargamers left in the early eighties to be really hacked off that this new thing was <laughs> taking over their hobby. Damn it!
1: Yes, and then we all Aww. got to go through with Magic the Bloody Gathering.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Uh, so and then oh sorry I was yes, to say and I'm then sorry. OSR
1: is a yep. different thing entirely really um, it's not a set of rules, but what it no. is are people who originally were using the OGL just to bring something else in the open game license that Wizards of the Coast published that lets you take the d and d rules and um, rejig them for your own publishing, really and it was about people making new stuff for those old D&D yeah. rules that they used to like because this was about the time of third or 3.5 edition D&D the and it had got went. pretty cool. big Pretty bloated. Yeah. Because um, this, this is like 2006. I
2: think and, and the OGL came out with 3rd edition, am I wrong
1: Yeah. Thinking? Yeah, okay. yeah uh, Ryan Dancy, was it? Did it? Anyway. Um, so that came out. It let you make these new adventures for the old rules. Except, of course, you couldn't really get the old rules very easily. TSR did put them out on PDF briefly, but then... Uh, I say TSR, Wizards of the Coast. But then... Uh. Retracted them, so you couldn't buy them at all. So people were starting to make uh, actual full rule sets, which were pretty much their own house-ruled version of the sort of basic type D&D. And then there were millions and millions of these slightly house-ruled versions. Well, I think it would be better if it was all D6 damage. Oh, I think it would be better if it had you know a D30 for, the, for a dagger. Lots of variations, lots of things published. Some of them did pretty well. Most of them disappeared. But there's tons and tons of material was produced for them. And that's what the OSR, the old school renaissance, except of course they can't agree on what the OSR stands for, so it's also the old school revival or old Ah, school rules. But essentially, um, D&D, you're talking basic set or before, and OSR is the sort of, round about 2006 when people started trying to make new material for those old games that they played years ago. Usually simpler than what was on the market. So, Compati- compatible rules, or broadly but... compatible, yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's what this, what, Monster, Monster Magic is. Is a an OSR game? Well, Monster uh, Magic is a yes. bit different. sort of. Yeah. Well, this, there, I suppose, what I was trying to wiggle out was: is there a distinction between games which are just either completely emulating or, or basically more or less absolutely compatible, like MicroLite or Labyrinth Lord? Well, La- is, oh, Labyrinth
3: Lord is a good example. Um, because that that was one of the essentially ground up rewrites the, the yeah. working, working on the basis that you can copyright the text of a rule but you cannot copyright the mechanics of a rule mm. so what the author so Labyrinth Lord is basically Labyrinth Lord, is. and I believe and, Osric and Swords and Wizardry um, similarly did is say okay we are going to directly emulate um, yeah. D&D basic or whatever but in, in a, in a non-infringing uh, oh. manner yeah, Sorry, kind of. Lab- Labyrinth Lord.
1: Sorry, Labyrinth Lord was was close. It was based on the Moldvay edited 1981 Red Book Basic Set. Yeah, that was its, and it's very close, except because nobody was quite certain that you you could <laughs> completely use all the numbers <laughs> and that the same. It's got slight differences in things like um, experience tables, and that's done deliberately so as not to tread on anybody's toes and just to play safe. Whereas Swords and Wizardry uses slightly different rules. I mean, a common one that you get is a lot of OSR games have um, ascending armor class, whereas yeah. D&D famously had descending armor class. It doesn't anymore, so you've got loads of people who are not used to descending armor class. So one of the major changes was that.
2: Uh, can I just raise a uh, in defense of out? It was not that hard, come no. on. I don't know why it's so reliant as it. a rule. Well, it.
1: Thacko itself I, so, is actually I, an Thaco easier way is. of working it out. It's so you don't need yeah. a table. Yeah, it was a
2: house
4: exactly. rule. Yeah, Th- Thacko ca- came so in, in in second
2: edition. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm i afraid to say it's second um, I feel that like
0: <laughs> maybe <laughs> discussion of Thacko is going a little bit beyond the initial premise of this episode.
2: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Uh, so,
0: so moving, then
2: there were some games. Oh, sorry. Sorry. So, like, what well, can we just say? What wanted the magic is? Then is it? It's it's sort well, of that, a, an yeah, OSR, what but I was thinking different. might be a good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so to well, bring us
1: around I'm, to, I'm gonna... uh, well, you can call it M and M, but of course, then you've got um, Mutants Masterminds to contend. Uh, my name is.
2: My name is. Yeah. Oh,
0: sorry. So. Yeah, the a, as a popular Monsters of Magic name, actually has. <laughs> um,
4: Sorry. M- Monsters again.
0: and Magic actually has a bunch of mission statements and statements about what it's trying to do. Um, so I thought maybe we might have a quick look at those. And it has in a, a tagline right
1: on the cover. Hmm.
0: Yeah,
2: should we should we hear those yep. and then we can well, discuss yeah, well, I'll how, just, we've, I'll just how well we felt. Chip
1: it. in with the tagline because right on the front, it's monsters and magic fantasy role playing game. Yeah, and underneath that, pot above the author's name, Sarah Newton, old school fantasy, new school play. So that's okay. a little vague. But that's, that's what they're trying to push up front. That's the first thing you see with the book. And then inside, as Shim, I think, is just going to go into, it does actually tell you a few things that supposedly differentiate it from the older games.
0: Yeah, so do you want me to go through that first, or do you want to look at what is it and why did you decide to run it?
1: Entirely up to you. You're running the. Uh, you're running the thing. We're just talking over you.
0: Excellent. Uh, let's let's have a few mission statements then. I don't feel um, we're talking over him. Okay. <laughs> Quiet you. Um. Right. The. Well, the, the there's an explanation of why the game was actually written, which is a bit long but might be worth reading. Um, because I do think why people create these kind of. Um in the sort of non-derogatory sense derivative games um, mm-hmm. is quite an interesting thing the why are they made and why do people choose to play them um, yes yeah uh, anyone fancy reading that uh, I let's talk too which anyway so some, so. what's special about it's this game basically yeah it's basically the forward the first couple of paragraphs of the forward
1: Uh page two.
2: blimey I've got a lot of um crap on my hard drive. <laughs> I'm still trying to find <laughs> is that in fantasy or is that in D&D?
4: No um, no, it's, it, no, it's, <clears> throat> <no>. throat> do you know Nick? Join me in the. We'll we'll just do it from our recollection rather than anything okay, else. Okay,
2: more, more I have actually listened to this one I've,
3: had, you, I've actually listened
2: to this
1: podcast. Are you reading this bit out, uh, Roger?
3: Oh, all right then. <coughs> the idea for this game began at Christmas 2012, during one of my periodic nostalgic rereads of the treasured classic fantasy supplement scenarios and campaign packs which stacked my gaming shelves. I've been reading through some old-school Renaissance games, trying to find a ruleset to scratch that itch. I was looking for something which oozed with classic fantasy atmosphere, it was easy to play... ...yet which extended its playability into areas usually covered by more modern games... ...personality conflicts, playing with scenic and thematic aspects... exploiting the narrative tropes of classic sword and sorcery adventure. More than anything, I wanted to use the many supplements and scenarios I'd collected over the years... ...to play them again without having to laboriously convert them to this or that ruleset. Try as I might, I couldn't find a game to suit. It was a light bulb moment. Why not write one? I've been toying with the rules system for a year or two... ...something which gave players a stack of points they could spend to do cool in-game stuff not just whittling away an opponent's endurance, but changing the world to doing genre specific acts of heroism and amazing feats. Was there a way I could use those rules here to play those ancient dungeons and much-loved wilderlands without having to do loads of work? Thank you. Mm. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I I don't really
1: know why it was a lightbulb moment that she should write her own, since um, Sarah Newton is a pretty prolific, (laughs) very well-known designer and uh, and writer. But, yeah. Um, yeah. So she tried to create a... A system which effectively has a buttock on both stools. It's trying to be... That's, a, that's an, old an interesting <laughs> <image>. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's trying to be an old-style game, of which there are, as I say, dozens on, on the market. But what mm. differentiates is, is, is what she calls new-style play. And the catac- characteristics of a lot of recent games tend to be, with a lot of exceptions, but they tend to be things like a more unified resolution system. So if you're playing uh, GURPS or you're playing D20 or whatever, you, for most things, for, for a majority of things, you've got one particular way of doing it. You right. roll 3D6 and try to get less than a number. You roll the D20 and add something and try to get over a number. These sorts of things. And if you look at uh, Dungeons & Dragons, particularly the further back you go, it's very much not about no. any vague resemblance connection or the most tenuous hint of a link between any of its subsystems. A
2: classic example being your movement rate is different depending on whether you're in a dungeon or whether you're in the wilderness. I
1: guess. Uh, yeah, as to whether it's, um, well, hang on, isn't your movement rate the same, but it's what it represents that differs.
2: I, that's right, your movement out.
1: rate's in inches, but that it depends whether it's feet or Yards, or hexes. I, can't, yes. I never use yeah, movement I, rates, so.
2: I guess similarly, you have saving throws if someone shoots a wand at you, but, uh. Yeah, but, but also
3: things like, um, hitting somebody as a d20, um, pick, picking a lock as is a, is a percentile. Exactly, yeah. climbing a wall, yep. 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 yeah. Yeah. But the yep. other yep. thing that modern games, uh, or particularly
2: as Shim just mentioned then, you know, she's talking explicitly about personality conflicts, which I mm-hmm. would. I suppose you could argue it's like fast talk or diplomacy and Gertz, but I I got the impression she's thinking more of an indie, dare I say it, style of escalation of personality. Oh, Or, so, or,
4: is it, is or a vineyard type uh, style. Exactly. Thing. Is, that yeah. doesn't
0: vineyard is what I think. Of, yeah. but I may or potentially things where that. having personality aspects that are designed to lead to conflicts is uh, built into the mechanics, built into character creation and so on, as opposed to simply being you decide what your character's like and they may or may not have some personality conflicts with other members of the party, which would be a more classic yes. sort of dungeon-batch That's approach. a very good way to it, yeah. That, yeah. Yes? yeah
1: you, you've got things like um, champions introduced, stuff like the... Um, uh, oh, what's it called? The, the, the check. Mark, look, look in here, I'm blanking just on the... Um, <laughs> oh, God, the flaming... You mean like r- advantages and
2: disadvantages? No, not advantages
1: it? and disadvantages. It's particularly to do with the bit where you walk into a room and you are just so impressive presence that you attack. can turn to the guy and say, stay where you are. Sorry? Presence attack. Presence. Presence is the word of after. I've oh. got all these P words running through my head. Uh, popcorn is just totally out of... Anyway. Um, yeah, presence pangolin. attack. That kind of thing. And... Pangolin. Exactly, yes. The pangolin attack in Champions... Uh, which, funnily enough, that would be probably one of the very, very few games that you could actually make a pangolin attack for quite easily. Um, yeah, the presence attack would be something <coughs> like, you're, you're <coughs> so 90. impressive that when you turn to somebody and say, you know, you stand right there, the criminal could potentially just go, uh, yeah, okay, and that's yeah. why in the old comics they would all be found handcuffed to a <coughs> lamppost and picked up by the police later. In D&D, if you had a similar kind of setup you had to roleplay it, because there isn't any sort of mechanic like that. Yeah. There are no skills until they mm. bring along things like the Thief, and even <laughs> then, the, there's no general raft of skills, it's just the Thief just gets a different system stuff, yeah, for yeah. doing stuff. Yeah. So those kind of personality things, it is all about role playing and how much you want to roleplay it. And that's yeah. something I think players just kind of added in, because it was never really on the charts to begin with.
2: So the disadvantage there is if you're supposed to be um, Johnny Charisma, but... Um, as very few gamers are, but if if some gamers don't have the social skills to roleplay that, um, there's no way to. Em- it's nice to have a way to emulate it in
1: game. Yeah, or as I mean, the the classic one is, well, how do I play somebody with an 18 intelligence? I'm not that intelligent. Or as people That's more modestly that have the
2: opposite problem.
1: Yeah, people more modestly they sort of say, oh well, how do I play somebody with only a three intelligence? Oh. You know, um, <laughs> so obviously I'm not that dumb.
3: Do the first thing that comes to mind, especially if it's funny.
1: Yeah, hit it, is usually the... Hit it, fuck
3: it, or eat it.
1: My general rules. As Warren's even said in the song, hit somebody. (laughs) Uh,
2: So why... John, can I ask you why you picked Monsters of Magic? That's why Sarah wrote it.
1: Uh, Yeah, well, she didn't write it specifically (laughs) for me. She's got a background (laughs) in... Original Dungeons and Dragons, big fan of Tunnels and Trolls many years ago, and Ardwin. If any of you're familiar with Ardwin, bloody Ardwin, uh, Dave Hargreaves. T- that's that's what he referred to as Ardwin, bloody Ardwin, not with the same tone of voice that you're thinking. Um, and that was really a, a super amped up version of D and D. I mean, it was a, it was such a copy that it actually accidentally copied some of the typing errors in D and D. It was so, it was so blatant. Awkward. I think that's the game that still has percentage liar, where it is actually supposed to be percentage lair. So it's the, you get the chance of a dragon uh, being a liar, um, <laughs> which I think is very useful. I mean, see there's yeah, interpersonal yeah, skills it. right there. Now, why did I pick it? Well, because sometimes it is a bit of a hard sell to take a game, even like tunnels and trolls, D and D, whatever, and get it to run as anything more than just roll to hit, hit, roll your damage, okay, they miss, right, roll to hit, hit, roll your damage. You wear down the yeah. opponents, you rarely have any interactions with, you know, you meet a horde of goblins, you, you're going to just assume they're a, an XP pool to be to be killed. Um, you, it cuts down a bit on the options if people don't tend to think of them, because very often folks are looking for things on the character sheets, yeah. that can help them mm, do things. Mm. And that I think that's become more and more common, particularly with the third edition D&D. Once you got to that stage, it got to the stage where if you didn't have a certain um, uh, proficiency, or whatever they're called in there, then you couldn't do something. So it really does become more and more restrictive. And this was actually one of the reasons people went back to older D&D and created the OSR stuff because they found the newer games were actually restrictive where they meant to open up the
2: options. Yeah, I was going to say put, that you put the idea down of those was to give people different ideas instead of... People. Exactly. But it's yeah, the sort of
1: idea that if you haven't got climbing yeah. as a skill, that means you can't even try to climb.
2: Or, you you yeah, get locked if you, if into you that. if you haven't got the shoot two arrows at one skill you can't do it, and
3: you can't give it a go. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I've been talking recently to some some people who were involved in the early, early days of role-playing, and mm-hmm. one thing they're, they're quite de- definitive on is that Gary was a bad thing, uh, in that Gary Goget likes to have things codified. Yeah. Mm. That was his ba- basic approach. And mm-hmm. role-playing mm-hmm. gaming before that, I mean, the... the um, Oh, Dave Arneson's campaigns, that sort of thing. Yeah, and the Twin t- Cities. Tended to be very freeform, you know yeah. we, we we have basic rules for fights, but if you want to do anything else, you you say what you want to do and the GM decides whether it succeeds. Yeah. Uh, and yes, Ga- exactly and Gary's approach, particularly because he was he was desperately fond of the idea of tournament and competitive role play um was to codify it and say, Okay, so yeah, if, if somebody wants to climb a wall, right, we'll put in a wall climbing skill for the thief. If, if, people, yeah. if people want to pick locks, okay, we'll give the thief a lock-picking seal. Um, yeah, if, if you want to kick down a door, right, we'll have some rules for kicking down a door. And, and so I on. I suppose yeah. where yeah. we
2: differ as gamers is we've all got a different sweet spot along those two extra... Uh, between the Gary and the Dave. We've all got a different place where we're happier yeah. to be, which is which is vive la différence and all that. Mm-hmm. But, um,
1: and it was, yeah. it was probably made worse, of course, by the, the lawsuits and the problems... ...that led to advanced Dungeons & Dragons... Yeah. ...which Gygax was trying to make as separate as possible... ...because he claimed it was a different game than D&D... Yeah. ...and this was pretty much to cut Dave Arneson out... ...and then that's been covered you know, over and over again... ...but that was one reason why he put in lots of slightly different things... ...oh, you've got um, armor class up to 10 now... ...or down to 10... Um, ...things like that... It, ...it's very different, it's got a lot more... ...it's got a hell of a lot of pole arms... <laughs> ...and it's got loads and loads and loads of rules... Yeah, and that, tell you that, appeals, that, that appeals to a certain sort of person, and is terrific. But it does mean that you then get new arguments building up with people who don't want to play like that. If you leave mm. something out, then you're getting people who really want those rules to be saying, oh no, this is official, you've got to play it like this. Mm. OSR, again, they they latched very much onto the rulings-not-rules slogan, as he said, which is this idea that rather than there necessarily being a written rule, the GM, referee, dungeon master, whatever you want to call them, Hmm. makes a sort of informed decision and judgement at the time. Oh, you want to jump that chasm? Well, you don't roll, you jump that chasm skill. He he thinks in his mind, he goes, that's about eight feet across, but you are wearing that suit of plate armour and carrying a yak.
0: Maybe (laughs) it's going to be tricky.
1: And then say, yeah, I'll tell you what, um, you know, I, I reckon roll a percentage, you've got a thirty percent chance. Roll a D six, you know, I'll give you a, if you roll a one or a two you've made it. Something like that.
2: I'm reaching a horrifying realisation that 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 kind of style devolves power to the GM, whereas more codified skills kind of uh, um, tie it up a bit more, which suggests as I am more of a, a much more not much more, but I am more of a codified player and I prefer rules for everything. Mm-hmm. I am basically the, the Tory of the of the role playing <laughs> world, the, the Republican, if you like, the, the art well, Republican. Well,
1: you're also aligning yourself a bit with Robin Laws. So I'm sure you'll be happy about that. So I know you're <laughs> a huge fan.
0: <laughs> yeah, Robin.
2: Yeah. big fan. Um, yeah, so, thanks for uh, so, thanks for Hillfolk.
0: Sorry. Um, to the bitterness. actually, can I can I just check <laughs> something quickly? No, um, I'm getting the impression mm. I may have a lot of lag.
3: Uh, it's not obvious here. Although
1: it does uh, depend when you said that.
3: Yes. Yeah, um, I'll tell you what. I'm going to
0: say a word, and if you could repeat the word uh, as soon as you hear it. Haddock. Haddock. Ox. That's about three seconds. Uh, oh, is there a okay. prize
1: for coming in quickly? Or... <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, you well, I... said it at the same time. So it looks like it's a problem on my but, end. Um,
3: not sure. Still done. Um, it's apart from the fact that you're that you're not quite as able to stop people talking as as, as perhaps you ought to be. Uh,
1: so maybe wave uh, frantically and we'll you it you spot actually, that. You
3: don't actually get here first, so you're the moderator. You can mute us if you want to. Though, though, of course, that won't that, that, that <laughs> that work on our no, individual no, 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 recordings. No, <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, 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 I realised when I
4: muted my my mic earlier to cough, and then suddenly realised that. Uh, that didn't really help, but never mind.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, well, we could uh, use no, we could I'll... use the raise your hand thing if that helps. Uh, I think
0: it's fine. I'll just
3: anyway.
0: keep talking when I start interrupting someone until we stop. Um, fair enough. I think that's fair. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, so um, I think I think again we're drifting a little bit away from why John has chosen this specific game. Uh, and into more of an overall examination of the OSR and the development of gaming history, which is an interesting thing, but not quite what we're supposed to be doing here tonight. So, okay, John. So What's you've got a whole mission
1: t- creep. Imagine.
0: Yeah, exactly. You've, you've got. The, you've given us a basic idea of why you chose why you chose to run this game, but I mean, you mentioned yourself, uh Tons and Trolls. Uh You're a big fan. Um Yep. There's you know, things like, obviously, the Black Hack, which will be discussed at another time, but, you know, which uh, which Mark has run. Um, why did you choose Monsters and Magic? Specifically, and not one of the other, not D&D, but relatively light rule systems. Can,
2: can I also <laughs> ask you to compare and contrast it with Lamentations of the Flame Princess, which I know you're also keen on. Why, why, uh,
1: why not, that? Well, yeah. perhaps, perhaps not right now. Is it, it, It's awkward because Lamentations is a lot like your typical D&D but it opens things up such as you're a first level spellcaster you can potentially cast a spell that will end the world you know, because that's right. fine um, those are the sorts of differences that Lamentations kicks in and it's being created and, and, and tweaked further to get rid of clerics and get rid of um uh, non-humans, and, th- and that's happening with it, it's evolving differently okay. but it okay, actually started so. out pretty close to the others, so it's not that big a difference okay. Okay. particularly not by OSR standards because um, you've got some people who make OSR games that have the chainmail combat system instead of the alternative combat system that everybody knows f- from later, because originally D&D didn't really come down on the side of either one uh, but anyway, why not go for something like, uh, yes what was the question? So why before you interrupted by asking about lamentations am I, <laughs> Sorry. am I am I comparing this to um you know, all the other um, things really? What yeah. what well, what's different you, no. what attracted me about this?
0: Yeah, I suppose I mean fundamentally why did you choose this one rather than something right. I mean are you, are you actually that familiar with this system?
1: Well um, it was the first time I'd read it and I think this is part so, of the problem yeah. that I felt afterwards, that I don't don't feel I'd quite got to grips with it even after running it. I first sort of latched onto it because it was written by Sarah Newton, so you know, it's like you get a little tick of quality when you see something. If you, you used to see a game and it said Greg and you're like, all right, okay, I'll have a look at that. It's probably quite good. Probably not. Despite this being called Monsters and Magic, which I think is an unfortunately bland, generic, very difficult-to-Google sort of name. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, it's just... Uh, I know it's that whole, oh, it's Dungeons and Dragons, Tolls yeah. and Trolls, Monsters and Mazes, Powers and Perils, you ah. know, Bottoms and Bunions. I don't know, they're all... Bunnies and Burrows. Exactly, Bunnies and Burrows, that's a good example. Um, I think that just... It has got lost in the mix, I think, because of that. But anyway, Sarah Neon's name, thought I'd give that a go. Had a read-through, was kind of put off by New School Play, until I saw what she meant by it. There's another game, uh, a whole range of games, Dragon Age, Fantasy Age, Modern Age, that Green Ronin, or Green Ronin, as they say, put out, which actually do a similar thing... The core with the um, mechanics in this that they call the effects engine is when you roll something, if you roll successfully, any additional points you've kind of rolled beyond succeeding sort of add up to let you do something else additional to what you've succeeded at. And any points below what you've done that you've, if you fail failed the roll potentially give you a consequence beyond just, whoops, I failed. So it might not be, you know... I failed to leap over that wall as the guards are pursuing me but I've put my hand on the top of the wall and it's it's got broken glass cemented into it and I've cut myself, fallen back the dogs are on me that would be quite a bad example so with this you're rolling a 3d6 again I like that I um, I like, like a good bell curve um I like using D6s, I think it's a much better resolution mechanic that, yeah, you'd never guess, would you? (laughs) Champions, tunnels and trials, GURPS you never never think Um, Honestly, I don't think a D20 and uh, adding something to it is that terrific a system, because it's very hard to use it properly to get a really non-swingy result, so you get all sorts of daft outlier results from it, which then people Mm. complain about and try to mitigate against 3d6, that appealed to me for a start. So this effects engine, um, just to look at a couple of quick examples, what it's saying is you roll 3d6 plus your attribute modifier, or trait bonus, or you roll the attributes, or it's the attribute score plus the trait bonus for a static check, as in you're not rolling. Because it's got these two types of checks. You're either doing an action check or you're doing a resistance check. And it extends these to be the skill system, the action system, the combat system, armor class—in fact—is a static check rather than being a separate system. So it all fits in to the one thing. And then, if you've succeeded by extra points, for example, you've made your roll by five. That gives you five effects points, and that's a minus a minor effect. And that will give you then a choice of different things. So, for example. Um, you can sheathe or draw your weapon if you want to. So if you've, you, say you're going to attack somebody, you rolled so well that you uh, you can use these minor, ef- th- th- this minor effect thing. You can use that to draw the weapon without losing any time on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can mount the ho- mount your horse, for example, right up to something like an extreme effect, which is say a plus six bonus on your attack or whatever it, you happen to be doing. So these points that you're building up and using are kind of like the sort of um, proficiencies and advantages and um, extra powers that people often get in other games. But they're a bit more flexible and a bit more down to um, GM interpretation and player desire, not just being a tick list. And as I say, Fantasy Mm. Age and Dragon Age have got a similar sort of thing. And I thought that would give people a lot more involvement as you're going along You could actu- it's also, it helps if you want to assist other people in a party, which is something I think D&D doesn't do very well you can use your effect points to, for example um, throw something, uh, throw a log or something at, th- at uh, a goblin's legs just as he takes a swing at your friend and your friend's desperately on his back foot you can do all these little extra things that you could just roleplay them you could just talk them through with a normal D&D game but here you've got a simple-ish system that generally covers those actions and can be applied to lots of different things. And I like the look of it.
2: Hmm. am hmm. Okay. I'm lov- Do you know, um, that's okay.
4: lovely hearing that, because I never really understood that. What, playing no, it? No, me neither.
1: No. And, and here's where yes. I think you ran into a problem, partly yeah. with my making. Yes. No, no. I, I don't,
2: don't I... think it's of your making, John. But I, I would... Yeah. Sorry, Mark. Carry on.
4: No, no, I, I'm, I'm sure Nick and I are about to say very, two very similar things. I don't think it had anything to do with you. Um, I don't think it actually had anything to do with your interpretation of the rules. I think that mechanism itself is clunky.
0: Yeah. Right, OK. It
2: never felt uh, uh, It never felt to me. Like, what you described sounds brilliant, and the rules ex- explicitly codified that. For whatever reason, what it felt like, and I, for, for a start, I'd just like to say I really enjoyed this adventure, I had a blast playing it, um, but it didn't feel massively different from any other OSR that I have played. It, it really didn't.
1: So you didn't feel that, because um, you're generally getting minor effects, let's be honest, yeah. you know, you, just the way the numbers work you didn't feel that that was giving you uh, a sense that you'd perhaps pushed the boundaries a bit or had some really good fortune. The actual things it gave you, a plus two or whatever, didn't matter?
2: Oh,
0: uh, uh. Uh, yes, Jim. Um, so, as the, the token audience member, um, I my impression listening to it was that the idea was interesting, and I got the same impression on I'm reading it, but that in actual play, I felt like everyone was struggling to get used to the bonuses and what you could do with them and how to how to actually do that. And obviously, it was your first go running it, so I do think that is a significant part of it. Um, right. But and I think it's... I'd
1: shared a, uh, shared the reference sheet, you know, Wait, which does give the... a bit of a le- So I was thinking, right, people will have this in front of yeah. them, but it sort of. I kind of hit the same problem as the GM doing interesting things with it. Maybe it was my mindset. I don't know. I mean, you're thinking the actual rule just doesn't quite... It doesn't have that kind of excitement and engagement that maybe it it seems to have on paper.
4: So for me, it's a very similar concept in theory anyway to the advantage-disadvantage rule in... Genesis, for example, where you—that's yes, that's—that's using, yeah. that's using a different set of dice, and you can actually get slightly different things. So you can actually um, do really well on your actual attack, but t- have loads of disadvantage, or you can do badly on your attack but gain yeah. lots of advantage, and so on and so forth. Yeah. There, there are issues there, and we will talk about that when we talk about Genesis. Um, but one thing I felt. I think that Genesis, Stroke, Star Wars, Stroke, those bits and pieces... Now, it could just be that I've played those an awful lot more than I've played Monsters of Magic, Mm -hmm. Um, but I think they defined what sort of thing you could do with your advantages, disadvantages, an awful lot more. Well, there
2: was... In the defence that there, is, we did, we all had a sort of a sheet where you're like, if you've got five points, these are the kind of things you could do. If you've got ten points, these are the kind of things you could do, and yeah. so on. So I, I think, but I, yeah, sorry, Carrie Mark. But I, I think oh, no, was I was, I was,
4: all I was going to all I was going to say. I mean, we have that sheet. Yeah. But I'm sure, I mean, okay, so when I look, whenever I was looking at it, I was thinking, well, that doesn't apply, that doesn't yeah. apply, that doesn't apply, that doesn't apply. Okay. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. I need to do something of a similar level. Uh, okay, and it's now 20 seconds, I'll, 20 seconds just, of silence.
1: So, so you're, you're almost finding it, you know, prohibitive rather than opening up the options for you, which is kind of the thing that, yeah. <laughs> that using these is now, supposed to be, uh, I suspe-
4: I, sus- I suspect, I suspect, if we turned around and said, right, okay, we're not, we're, we're just going to play, uh, Monsters and Magic for the next year. At the end of that year, we would be fine with it, we wouldn't have any issues, and so on and so forth. And it would, and, and and actually, I don't think it's particularly a bad system. In fact, I think it's in some ways, especially compared to sort of straight, in inverted commas, um, Dungeons and Dragons, I think it has an awful lot going for it. Um, mm. and I, but I think there's an awful lot that we didn't use not because it isn't there in the system but because we didn't understand how to use the system and as hmm. well I I would then also take another step and a, this this one might be a bit more radical I don't think it actually necessarily suits our style of play okay. but,
3: so, I, so of army, I, I would um Sorry. It, it, it's a two part thing and and part one was absolutely fine, yeah. You know. Hiding and sneaking, roll decks or difficulty or the wisdom of the person who's trying to spot you. Yeah, that's fine, we can do that. Yeah. It, it's just a basic thing. And and then it's okay, you beat you beat them by four. Uh right, that's momentary advantage plus one to next check. Be- beating them by four is just the same as beating them by one and on three D six it's quite quite a tight cluster of results and then be, yeah. beat by five when I've just sneaked past someone I, and I I don't remember if that specific thing was happening there were certainly things that were happening in the game where I was like okay yeah I've finally beat somebody by five yeah. I look at these minor effects and none of them really as Mark was saying none of them really seems appropriate to what I'm doing I, I don't feel I have I, clearly the list of effects is there to say this is the sort of thing that happens with a minor minor success yeah. but I, I've for me, at least, it was not really comprehensive enough, and I, I think if, if I'd been, if I'd looked at an example of play, perhaps, or just had a, had a list of you know, th- things we yeah, had I done in our game as minor effects. Well, I it, would
2: I, I I would agree absolutely with both Roger and Mark that I most of the time I didn't get enough points to get anything other than a momentary advantage, and as Roger says, you know, four points is quite. We were playing quite a low level game, I suppose, so four points, on on the 3D6 system, most of the time you will only get that minor one. And I think then, it's fair to say that for all the players at least, that sort of table of effects didn't inspire us to think, okay, well this is the sort of thing. Because most of the time, I I felt exactly the same, that most of the time I would just think, that doesn't make any sense, I'll, 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 I'll just say I hit it
1: one problem I think is that it's trying to give a sort of shortish list of widely applicable mm. things because of course it's not just combat it could be courtly intrigue or yeah. you know, you're, on, you're on the dance floor at the big ball and all the rest of it and you're trying to sort of wheedle information out of somebody without really letting them know what that's what you're doing. Same role mm. same type of thing in this system and you've got to use that same sort of effects engine for it now, there's a thing in, in Fantasy Age and the, the Green Ronin games... ...where people started to complain about um, what they call stunt paralysis. Because in there, instead of it being an effect, it's a stunt. You get extra points on a particular die that you've rolled... ...and you can choose from one of these amazing things that's happened in combat... ...or whatever it happens to be. And you've got different lists for the different types of things you're doing. And every time you get a new supplement, as has often happened in games in the past... The, the writer will come up with something really exciting For that supplement So by the time you've finished People sit there reading through a very long list Of specific oh. things they can now do And <laughs> combat just It slows down more than it ever used to So you do this very exciting thing But you've totally killed the momentum And it's no longer exciting
3: Yeah, the, the flip side of that um, I'll, I'll just mention it briefly it's not really today's subject uh, Something like HeroQuest <laughs> Roger, we're way past that <laughs> <laughs> so, so, something like Hero Quest, where I, I've, I've played the second edition a little And mm. it's quite fun for the basic do you overcome them But it, it does to me have this problem of it doesn't really matter what you do a, lo- a lot of the time what you're doing is trying to find an excuse to be able to use your highest skill
1: Yeah it can be that B- because, and, um, because
3: the result of anything will look basically the same You overcome them if you succeed yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think this goes in that but I could see how it with, with that restricted list of things you can do I, I started to feel it was drifting in that direction potentially I wonder
2: mm-hmm. if Mark's right in the sense that as our group we quite naturally don't, you know if we're doing social interaction or character interaction we might say do a fast talk or something but quite often we will just role play it out and I don't recall us having a lot of Non-combat. I suppose you know we had skill checks there. I don't recall us having a lot of very different sort of checks in that sense, at least. Ah, But the
1: the actual adventure that we played is going to have have an influence on Mm -hmm. that as well, and how (laughs) I, 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 I ran it. Inevitably, the opportunities to do certain things are influenced by the situation you find yourself in. So that may not be quite all down to the system
0: and i would say obviously the the opening if you like of the the adventure proper is combat but then there is quite a lot of information gathering and there's mm-hmm. a trip into the woods which is essentially survival skills navigation and so on um but I've, maybe that made less of an impact on you um did did we do a lot of... I mean,
2: I listened to the first... Amazingly, the first three episodes. Dear um, uh, man, that's
1: above and beyond.
2: I know, Look, <laughs> lord. Um, I, I don't recall a lot of... What you might call not proficiency checks, not combat. I, I mean, I, I again, mm. I, I really enjoyed... Yeah, basically I'm dancing around social checks. I really enjoyed it, but we did a lot of role-playing and maybe mm. not a lot of social checks. But I, again, really enjoyed the game. The system... Didn't, didn't make much impact? Yeah, I, well, I think that's... Well, one
3: thing possibly worth say. bearing in mind is that, for me at least, it's been a while since since I played uh, starting characters who who were this rubbish at things. Now, that's very that, much... That's very much in the, yeah, the Squirrel whisperer. No, I
2: mean,
3: normally I'm, <laughs> exactly. I'm playing... The, 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 normally I'm D- playing D- much D- more
1: powerful characters who are this rubbish at Ooh, things. Well, that's,
3: that's the thing, I mean, consider... <laughs> Considering, for, for example, the Acton and Cthulhu group that we just finished... Um, Sorry, I've
2: been told to be quiet.
3: <laughs> that we just finished the game. I didn't think you could hear me. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you, th- those guys had quite a lot of skills they were a bit rubbish at, and a few things they were quite good at. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> so well, I think well, I was whereas... a bit more
1: rubbish on balance than good, but yeah. <laughs> um,
2: we're, we're obviously all power gamers, generally.
3: But but I would say these guys are obviously a different system But they, they felt as if Even minor tasks were something of a challenge To them and you know That's, that's fine That's The same is true of original D&D
1: Yes and of course it's, it's trying to be Compatible with those old things Yeah um, presu- While still you do things like actually Play a character whose strength matters Other than giving you a, you know, a damage And experience bonus Because hmm. yeah. in D&D this, the stats don't matter At all Mm-hmm. Really, once you've generated your character and worked out what your bonuses are, and OD&D had even fewer bonuses than later versions, um, it doesn't matter how dexterous you are. It doesn't matter what your constitution is. Really, Mecha- mechanically, do it
2: doesn't. But again, they're are a, a guide to the GM. You know, if Conan has got strength eighteen, mm. you know, you know, I mean, it is, an, and Parford has Dex eighteen. It gives you an idea of the character, if nothing yeah.
1: else. But this, the, the idea with this is that it gives you an actual mechanical. Mm. Um, system that makes those differences matter. So if it really comes down to it, if, uh, if I want to say, can he really hold your breath for that long to swim all that way under? It's got a, it's got a mechanical system mm. there and you're getting the same rules applied to your character that other people can apply to theirs. And that was attractive when I yeah. looked at it compared to the mm. older
3: games. That I do like.
0: So something I would say in terms of the, the effect mechanic. Um, I'm not sure who else has played Fate, but I've attempted a couple of games of Fate Mm -hmm. and I had similar issues with working out what to actually do with creating Uh, advantages and disadvantages. Yeah, and
1: aspects and things.
0: Yeah, and when was it actually worthwhile doing that instead of just punching someone harder? Or, (laughs) you know, why...
1: See, that that's something we face in everyday life, isn't it? It's not just (laughs) in the game.
0: (laughs) But you know what you know why would you apply that to something other than damage or if you're climbing a building and you succeed really well, okay, what does that mean? What does that translating yeah. the dice results into something that happens more narratively I found very challenging in that, and it sounds like to some extent that was a problem in this game as well well, I'm
1: wondering actually if it's not made worse by the fact that you're playing um a genre, uh, not just fantasy, but it's D&D fantasy effectively, where an awful lot of the scenarios and an awful lot of what you do does come down to punching things quite hard. Mm. So you mm. you can be as fancy about it as you like, and you can come up with all these other different plans, which is terrific and great fun and all the rest of it, but really when you get down to it, the actual adventures um, may be channeling you in a certain direction that don't let the, the
4: system breathe in those areas. You know. Mm. I mean, that's maybe Hello. a good question then, John. Is is do you think that this adventure, great fun though it was, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I, you know, that my heart—you can,
1: was... can criticize, you know, anything including no, no. the way I ran it. Don't worry, no, no, I'm not gonna be no, upset. no. I, no, <laughs> I
4: had get. a great—I no, I had a great time, and more importantly, I had, I, I, I played a character who was, um, yeah, would would sit around watching everyone else do the work and say, "Oh, great, we have finished then, have we?" Um... <clears throat> And actually, did that on several occasions, Um, (laughs) really pushing
1: the system to its limits.
4: Yes, including at least (laughs) one fight, Uh, but uh, that's another story. Uh, But um, yeah, I mean, do you think that in retrospect, this was a good starter adventure for this system? Um, I'm not sure you could have found a different one,
1: but yeah, I could have found loads. Um, I mean, one problem is, of course people get very, very uh, locked onto the whole dungeon bashing idea in the OSR. There's far too much of it. And there are some games that go way beyond that. There are plenty of adventures that do lots of other things. But there is still uh, a huge segment to the people who are into those games who just want to get together with their friends, go down in a dungeon, a totally controlled environment, and just tackle challenge after challenge there. Which is great, if that's what you want to do. Um, It's actually something I keep having a go at, because we never really did it when I started playing. That's something I've dipped into occasionally since, and Mm -hmm. I'm not... I'm always very aware that this must be really boring when I'm trying to run a dungeon. So I was looking for something with a little bit more scope. This has a small underground section, well, kind of two small underground sections. Mm -hmm. It's mostly people in a village, encounters above ground... And even though I suppose they are a bit dungeon-esque in that they are just, you know, a couple of... There's a fight, and then it's connected to a village, and then it's connected to some ruins. It didn't seem the same all the way through. It wasn't, let's listen at the okay, this is the third door we've listened at, let's listen at the door, go in. So I thought that the adventure looked pretty promising. I read some reviews as well, and um, got a good idea of how other people were viewing it. Uh, It was for Labyrinth Lord, and converting it was very, very easy. The the guidelines for converting a and d &D type adventure to this system I thought were very good and worked very well. Didn't take me long to do it either, and I didn't hit any problems in the game. So apart from a couple of tiny fluffs with um, what was happening, which I managed to cover up, and just don't read it, you'll never know... Um, <laughs> I, I thought it, was, it was probably Seemless. As good as anything as an adventure I don't think the, the adventure itself Really let things down
4: mm. I think we possibly go back to then It it was us Our inexperience playing it Might have Caused issues Cause, So for example mm. when we've ah. done something Similar and I'll keep going back to Genesis Because we've played that maybe A little bit more Um when I ran it, I hadn't played that much Genesis, but I'd played an awful lot of Star Wars. So, and that, that's
1: fundamentally the same, isn't it? The, yeah, the yeah, yeah, from, exactly. yeah, yeah,
4: almost from, from a dice rolling point of view, the, 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 there's some there's some differences at the mechanics as you're moving around your character, but once mm-hmm. you're actually in play, um, it's fundamentally the same. Um, and so I was used to seeing uh, a success and a disadvantage and adva- a, 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 a fail and an advantage, the crits, the despairs and so on and so forth, which, 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 which are involved in that. And so I was able, to, maybe I could interpret those an awful lot easier than I was able to turn around and go, oh, I've got a minor, su- I've got a minor, um, thing. Yeah, consequence or something or, yeah. A, yeah. uh, uh, well, none of those actually apply. Okay, I'll, I'll, will two to next, or plus three for next time. That'll be fine.
1: Hmm.
4: You know, hmm. and suddenly that became, you know, which I think, but towards the end, I think we were just, that, <coughs> that, that, that became the de rigueur, shall we say.
1: Well, yeah, it was, let's, you know, let's put it into extra damage. Let's get a bonus on the next hit. Yeah. To hopefully hmm. then get a bigger effect.
4: Yeah.
2: So is there a, is there a time when we, Because she talks about sort of altering uh, reality or, you know, changing the rules of it and being a bit metagamey about it in the introduction. I don't recall a time where we particularly did that that I can remember in the whole, in the whole. No, it didn't really have a lot of
1: metagamey options in this scenario. And and to be, to be honest, I don't think it's something that a lot of uh, old school scenarios are really well suited to. I mean, th- having said that, th- there, there have always existed metagamey things. Uh, Tunnels and Trials has got a spell in it called "Dear God," which allows you to ask the GM <laughs> three yes or no questions. <laughs> I mean, that—that's <laughs> well, metagaming, you know, right back I, then. We, we are
2: as I, I flatter myself that we're experienced gamers. We can't—we can't comfortable with the idea that this is an effect that is outside. He slipped over on a banana skin that no one saw. At, you know, at the time, I don't recall ever feeling like I had the option to. Maybe that was my Mm. restriction, but I've certainly played in indie games where, you know, it was, uh, uh, again, to to use the the phrase de rigueur, where, you know, where that is expected that every round you're going to create the narrative.
1: Uh, Like Uh, Feng Shui, that kind of thing, where you've got to be creative every time or you start getting penalties.
2: I'm not uncomfortable with that, and I can do it, I I just don't. Rick, or maybe we we're in the wrong mindset it. with this game. Well, but I don't recall. I, I have to
3: say, I, I am feeling like an option because uh, the, the way the way I role play, and I'm, th- this is my problem, not, not something for the rest of the group to worry about necessarily. But I, my my basic stance is, I'm trying to think like the character.
2: Yes, and yeah.
3: I don't I don't want to have to jump out of that and think like the author who is writing the character.
2: Yeah.
3: In other words, I'm quite happy to say I've got these points. I'll spend them on hitting him harder or distracting him with my flashy sword work so he gets dazzled by the sun, or something like that. I don't yep. want to say an attractive lady walks past his line of sight and that distracts him.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: although, well, I mean, that would probably be pushing it. I think you try. You, you've got to try and keep things... A little more... it
2: flares
3: up at now well, it, it, it depends on the game but i i, I like yeah, to say in terms of what the the character i'm playing can so that act on the world. that sort of
1: that kind of downplays the effects a little bit doesn't it, it makes them a little I mean, more...
2: maybe we were all in that mindset uh, but i don't i don't feel like i ever had the option particularly to to even mm. be metagamey but maybe maybe we were just in the wrong
1: mindset for it. I don't, sure, know. I don't know. Well, actually, Roger, could I ask then you know, since you're, you know, you're very, very intimately um, in in an almost carnal way familiar with GURPS, <laughs> Um <laughs> let's, say
2: that, the right let's say the negatives, Roger.
1: Let's say other called disadvantages. Let's say <laughs> that uh, that we that have been running this in GURPS. Do you think the experience <laughs> of the player? And the sort of character you got Would have been very different hmm. Because obviously GURPS Was itself written to address What Steve Jackson saw as it, Not just because he hadn't got the rights To the fantasy <laughs> trip at the time that, That's a small part of it um, But he, he was trying to address What he saw as shortcomings in a lot of games Which of course included The 800 pound burning gorilla D&D Yeah, And, and so and it's not GURPS. an OSR game
3: Certainly, early groups, um, yeah, the, the original Magic system, things like that, are very clearly designed with the basic activity of going down a dungeon in mind. I mean, you can do other things with yep. it too, and people did, but a l- there's a lot of support for that in, in the in prototypical. Well, GURPS. I mean, the
1: early the early basic set really doesn't it, it, uh, support much beyond fantasy without just the occasional half-hearted. Oh, and here are half a dozen guns you could buy.
3: Yeah. So, so with that in mind. Um, yeah, look, looking at the character i got here alright, I've got these trays and they, they are just a bit strange because as far as I can see the mechanics for those were the the player comes up with the reason why their tray applies to the thing they've just done.
1: Okay, so what like, just, why don't you just say, tell, like, remind us of your, of your character, obviously for people um, who I are listening again, yeah. they'll have the burned into your character. Oh sorry, Shim, will you go yeah, to yeah. this later? Uh,
0: no, I was just going to say maybe if everyone wants to quickly Say who their character was, and then maybe talk a little bit about how you felt about the characters and the character generation. This might be like uh, yeah, I was yep, hoping started. to get
1: to that, but I'm am just th- just thinking in terms of of, of of sort of continuing this answer about how okay say Gert so sort of addressed I'll, it.
3: I'll, I'll leave that side yep. up. I'm, the the thing is, the, the reason I mentioned those trays is that they they are not really mechanically defined. And if this mm-hmm. were a GURPS character, if it's on the character sheet at all, it's because it has some sort of mechanical effect. And is the is the broad outline of the thing right? So instead of just saying "quick learner," uh, as I have here with no mechanics, so it would be, "Okay, um, this is a specifically a bonus to when you're trying to learn stuff," and it would have it would have a point cost and all the rest of it, um, or indeed murky past, which which I, I played up for comic effect during the game. Um, in GURPS that might be a you know negative reputation criminal or something of that sort.
1: So much more defined, essentially.
3: Yeah. Uh, the the thing I like about GURPS characters is that even a low-powered one uh, will have a bunch of stuff on the sheet and when, when as a player I run out of ideas I glance down the sheet and that often gives me something to riff on, which is nice.
4: Right. But again, you're under... I mean, okay, so... <clears throat> Again, it might, might be worth mentioning for the record that uh, myself, uh, Roger, um, N- Nick, we all play and have played a lot of Gerps in the past. Um, with John and Sh- um, Jim, maybe a little less so, but but still having actively. Well, I wouldn't, played... I wouldn't
1: say less. I, I bought Man to Man before Gerps was a thing. I've, yeah, I've <laughs> been playing Gerps for a while. Well.
4: Yeah, but, uh, but but whereas I, it was. I mean there was there was a long time for me, so 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 for me there was a long time where um, if I was ever running anything or doing anything I'd design it up in GURPS and then translate, hmm. um, and I still kind of I suppose it, it, it's still probably my go-to system for if I'm trying to think of something new. Um, I'll think of it in Gurb's terms, and then think: is okay? So that that's it. Is there a better system I could potentially do this in? So, um, yeah. So, so, so. so, so I think I, I think going to your question for Roger, for me, I think I would have played the character differently. I don't think, in some ways, we would have. I, and I'm sure probably Roger would agree. I would have lost quite a lot of the flair about the character, though. Maybe. I think I, I think there was um, there were some things that um, I was kind of steering my character around in bits and pieces. Some of which were to do with the um, uh, character sheets. Some of which were just to be uh, an annoyance. Uh, but um, um, <laughs> that, uh, <clears throat> especially for Nick, uh, that. Uh, it, it kind of it kind of gelled with the character, and suddenly you kind of got got a nice feel for the character, and I, and I think that was a massive strength. That that was our first time of playing, but it felt like I'd played that character for a while.
1: So was that almost like um, blank spaces on a map where Gerps would have had everything filled in a little more rigidly? Yeah, I think that would be fair. you. You were yes. looking at the character and saying, "Well, actually." That's kind of vague, isn't it? But oh, it makes me think of this. You were filling it in as you went, yes, rather than in advance, almost.
4: But yeah. but but the downside of that is then once I'd filled it in, I didn't know what to do with it. Okay,
1: mm. yeah. So so you so, think I, so from, playing a,
4: from from enjoying the playing the ca- the character per se, great fun. I I I, 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 I thought it, I thought it worked really really well. Um, I thought. Um, all three of us had quite unique characters. Um, we all had characters that were quite different, maybe, to ones that we would play. Well, with the possible exception of Nick, uh, that we would play otherwise. Um, <laughs> <Pussy>. And uh, <laughs> Nick, of course,
1: exploring the full range of characters, both awake and asleep. I, all
2: my characters have at least one dimension. <laughs> but the accent
1: that's the thing. It's always the accents.
4: <laughs> yeah, um, but um, but like I, I say, you I, know, I, go, go on, Nick. Sorry.
2: I don't know because we were talking a bit about character creation with the Black Hack, and did it give us scope to make an interesting character? I, I mean, I, I, that is hard to say because Ignis is one of my favourite characters, as single-minded as he is. But would I have made a different character in Gertz or or First Edition D and D? I I so my feeling is I think maybe he is, Ignis was a fairly classic for me D and D character in that I didn't have a lot to go off and I, I filled in a lot of blanks with my imagination. Um <laughs> uh terrible as it was. But I, I wonder if Gertz would have uh pinned him down a bit more. So I don't know if that's a strength or a weakness, but I'm not sure I would have played the same character in Gertz. I would have had to pick pyromaniac, and maybe that would have been more on my mind. You you, you know, I I don't know, I felt freer to improvise, (laughs) because I didn't have, this is your thing that you have to do, and these are your things that... maybe
1: in terms of interacting with the actual scenario, if you were playing something like original D&D, or GURPS, or RuneQuest, or this... Do you think you'd have had a different experience with all of those, or do you think it's just a case that maybe this one would have been kind of the same as D and D, or it, it didn't quite reach the level of skill differentiation that RuneQuest has? It didn't have the all the characteristic def- definition that GURPS gives you. I, th- you know? I think,
2: for me, answering that question, it felt I had a character sheet which looked like a very, to me at least, D and D character. I suppose the yeah. difference is. I was a wizard, so I didn't have one magic missile and then I'm, I'm down to my staff or my dagger. Wicked But that is, you know, Monster Magic is not the only uh, OSR that addresses that issue. No. Um, to me, playing the game felt felt like an OSR, honestly. I, it did mm. not feel dramatically different to any other one that I have played. It certainly didn't feel like Gertz. Uh, Genesis almost had the... Oh, again! I don't want to uh, give up our Genesis uh, thing, but uh, yeah. Genesis almost has the opposite problem. In that you have kind of a plethora of options with every role, and it's trying to figure out how is this a quite advantageous but slightly bad role? You know, it, it's uh, a Genesis almost requires too much improvisation to to fit every role, whereas this I felt like almost every role would be like, "Oh, don't burn it, man." <laughs>
4: That might have been your character to be fair (laughs) But I'm not sure
2: anyone else had a a Particularly different experience with their Yeah Mm -hmm. So to me, it felt like OSR to me It it didn't really, sorry Sarah Because you're a very good writer It it didn't really live up to me to the the
0: New school play side of the tagline So from a Point of view of someone listening to it Um it certainly sounded like everyone had characters they felt like they had a good handle on, and that they were enjoying playing. I felt like the interaction between the characters was quite good. So it, it does seem to support that. Um, mm-hmm. Which is obviously good. Um, and you have said you felt like the characters were not for Nick, but um, you felt like maybe they were a little bit different from what you'd have done under another system. Um, in terms of running it, John. Um, hmm. So the I did notice the mechanics did seem to at least support you. But it felt like you were winging things quite successfully. So, like the very first combat, well, um, against knight, yes. Yeah,
1: the un- the undead knight who's who's got it in for a woodcutter, um, which is the moment really where you decide: do you wade in or do you actually feel a bit safer on the bridge here? And mentioning no marks, but certainly some of you <laughs> did feel that perhaps uh, making making sure the donkey was okay was was more important than saving a human life. So that I think
2: crossed my mind when you were talking about party members helping each other. That's yeah. <quite> I said be that the, fair. Game,
1: the game supports that. It doesn't, it doesn't enforce it. <laughs> no. It's not even genre appropriate. I mean, if you're playing a superhero team and you're playing kind of Silver Age, Bronze Age superheroes, you expect people to be working together like the X-Men, you know, that kind of stuff. You don't expect a D&T party necessarily, because very often it's everybody out for themselves. Um, you know, and particularly if you start playing a game where the the last point of damage means that person gets all the XP, like Bushido. <laughs> you know, you've you're really you're not helping your friends in that one. Uh, it, I don't know. It's a question of what it supports and what I just do anyway. That's the thing. I'm not great at remembering game mechanics on the fly. I'm really not. One of the reasons I keep playing tunnels and Trolls is because I can mostly remember it, and I I do improvise all the time, not, not necessarily uh, always successfully, but I try to be uh, even-handed and to come up with something plausible and to take note of what people are saying, but that's the sort of the conversational style, and then I've got to weave the mechanics mm. into it. And with a game like, say, uh, Quest, as it gets onto like 3rd edition, or uh, as things have developed now, that's quite a structured game, and particularly in combat has quite a lot of structure. And that's not a natural fit for me. I want to use some of these things, but I keep coming down to, we could kind of talk through that bit, couldn't we? And I was looking at this, perhaps, as a game that would have options to to supply a little bit extra, without it being obvious that it was just me making it up, that you'd have a bit more influence playing it, because you would be generating some of these effects and choosing what these effects were, as well as me. Because you can affect your opponents, and you can also affect other characters and the party. So it gives you that... Um, yes, it's mechanical. But uh, you could just choose to, s- to say, oh, I do this anyway in any game. But it does give you an actual defined effect that you can s- perhaps feel a bit more part of. Uh, I don't necessarily think it actually supports improvising any more than a, a normal traditional game. I mean, obviously some indie games are very much... Focused on that, but that's a different thing.
0: Hmm. I think... Yeah, I mean, sorry, go ahead, Mark.
4: No, 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 no. Go on, go on. So...
0: Well, I was just going to say. Um, so, I, I did. A, I, I had a quick run through the first combat and just made notes. So, in the first Ooh. combat, that included straight up attacking. Um, Mark's character trying to manoeuvre for a backstab and some back and forth about how feasible that was. What can
2: How
4: to set it up? Can I just add the word
2: "eventually"
4: to that? I turned up. Is a long term. I turned. I I turned out. out. Let's Let's let's
1: not argue about who didn't bother to stab who. (laughs) I I, I
4: turned up, and at no point did I charge you guys for my services. So I think I'm I'm, I'm, I'm feeling quite relaxed (laughs) at that. (laughs)
0: It's just lulling him into a false sense of security by doing absolutely nothing for the first five minutes. <laughs> um, we have Roger's character defending Nick's character, uh, and you quickly repurposed a rule for that. You repurposed the defensive stance rule yeah. uh, to allow that. We have grappling. Legendarily oh,
1: that's uh, annoying rules. I've never uh, known why people find that annoying, but then I never ran third edition D and D. But I remember actually, if I, <laughs> if I if I suggested when I used to play third edition D and D, which was I didn't enjoy ever, um, but I did play it a few times. And whenever you'd suggest, right, well, I'll tackle him, I'll grab it The GM would would sort of come up with reasons why that wasn't going to work. Um, you know, always oh, backpacks too big, you'll never get your him. <laughs> oh, <he's>,
0: what? He's, <laughs> he's made of gas, I'm afraid. Unless <laughs> I mean, it
1: seems like most other games, <laughs> like most other games I played in this, it seemed perfectly like every other attack. Mm. Yeah.
4: Oh. Um, do
0: you remember yeah, when has, we talked about body parts? Even. Go ahead.
4: Oh yes. Yeah. Well, I was going to say about gra- very very quickly about grappling. Just say, do you remember when you were talking about rule systems that seemed to have nothing to do with the rest of it rest of it at all? That's third edition grappling. Yeah, yeah, that's the
1: impression I got.
2: Sorry, Tim, go on. That was a very good... Because you're right on all aspects. I suppose we
0: haven't thought of it like that. Did we do any more exciting things? Um, Attacking a target while another character is in the way uh, was one of the things Roger was doing. Um, And again, you had, oh, well, we'll do this, but then if you fail by this much... That that was an application of a minor effect. It was if you fail by this much, okay, you're going to... Risk stabbing mixed character.
1: Um, so you were, yeah. getting although those I would in. have to say that that's yeah. actually that's no different than in in, in say D and D. I would have just sort of made that up on the spot. Yeah. So
0: yeah. I don't know.
2: That's interesting. <laughs> well, that's it's it's, to me. And, and again, yeah. that is a lot more kind of improv than. And, and again, I listened to them and I agree, and that that was all fairly seamless. But, as John says, would that have been dramatically different in... Did it need the system to do that? Or are we just, dare I say, experienced enough role players to... um...
4: I think that's... I think... Yeah, I... I, I... Okay, this is going to sound a bit controversial. I think if we were a less experienced group, I think it's a great system. I think... You
1: You think perhaps we'd be more open to what it's doing because we haven't got ingrained
4: yeah
3: we, we have a way Person
1: of doing rules. things that's what we do yeah yeah, yeah. okay that, that's and,
4: probably fair and and, and and we're good at talking around we're good at basically taking something like okay let's take this probably the, the hacks of let's put those to, to, to one side um, but let's take say Forgotten Futures which is a very very simple system and we go back to it time after time after time partly because it's a simple system but partly because we actually enjoy role playing in, that, in, that partic- in those particular world environments. Yeah. 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 And the role playing side of it isn't interfered with by the rules. That's essentially,
1: this is yeah. where indie games yeah. sort of come into the thing, where this has got a foot tentatively in the indie world. But I don't think most indie gamers would say this counted as an indie game. Because although it gives you those supporting mechanical effects, it's not focused on certain things in the way that indie games tend to be.
3: Mm.
1: And the big question with indie games compared to traditional is usually you'll hear traditional gamers often say things like, this is a terrific system because the rules just get out of the way. And an indie game will tend to say that in that case there's no point having those rules. What you want are rules that are right there and are actively supporting exactly what you are doing. And very often which channel you to do certain
4: things. Right. And in mm-hmm. fact I seem to have we've had that conversation verbatim, yeah. John. I yeah. do seem to remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well it is it's,
2: so, it's, it's actually, that was a bit of a revelation to me what Jim said about all those different because they didn't it, the rules did not get in the way. And to to me I think to most of us, that's what we're looking for. So long as we're all like, yeah, we agree. And we all, maybe that's the thing. We all trust each other as, as GMs to some extent. We're not going to, you know, if John makes a judgment, we're not going to be like, fuck off, that's wrong. <laughs> Let's look at the rule book. You <laughs> yeah. know, I'd say maybe it's more that we've experienced the whole thing as a group as well. I
4: sp- yeah, I suppose that's a thing. We're a group that like, Playing with each other, and it's. <laughs> Edit that all. out if you would, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Roger, please. <laughs> <laughs> and, and more importantly, trust each other. Um, so, yeah. We have
2: EDSM of role players, I think.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Fabulous. Yeah, it,
1: it, this then brings it round to me to whether actually this game, uh, it, whether I'm getting the most out of it, and whether you were getting the most out of it as players, or we were ending up just using it as. D&D with a slightly better resolution mechanic. So you'd effectively got, you know, forget the effects side of it, you'd just got a nice 3D6 kind of attribute check system. And it works yeah. perfectly well like that. You can get, you can actually get rid of quite a lot of the bits and pieces that I kept thinking, this. I'm not doing this right, it, I'm forgetting to apply this. And I'm just wondering if the bits we're liking about it are, yeah, it's like a slightly more refined old D&D game. Rather than this new school play Which I think perhaps Sarah uses, I would imagine, far more And gets more out of
3: Well, I think the effects would come in more Once we got to, sort of say, third or fourth level And started to get enough Mm -hmm. bonuses That we were getting into the five or more points A significant part of the time Yes, yes, that's Uh, probably true As it was, it felt like a thing that was quite rare and you know, not that amazing when it happened. Obviously, it's not meant to be that amazing.
1: But that's it, isn't it? It's quite at this level. it was quite rare, and therefore very exciting. Except it wasn't. Yeah, and <laughs> that was the, the and fact I think that, that it's rare ought to make it better.
3: <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, I've, you know, like, I've a rolled. Steak. I've
4: rolled. A, I've rolled, beaten it by five, and it's a bit shit, really. Yeah. Okay. That's so not great. It's interesting okay. because obviously, lots uh, of games sure do, to have do now
0: some kind of some kind of critical mechanic. Uh, you know. Yeah. Critical hits in D and D, uh you've got rolling your eighteens or your threes in GERPS. Um, you've got um color clearly you've got you know rolling zero one on your score of seventy or whatever it is.
1: Yeah. Oh, zero, zero, usually, more likely.
0: <laughs> well yes, but you know, usually DMs or game masters who have a reasonable amount of experience are able to come up with something appropriate that happens in those, even if it's not just straight up, you do a bit more damage Yeah. Um, so I mean do you feel like the fact that it had this explicit mechanic was trying to tell you to do certain types of things was that in fact distracting you from your normal uh, improvised creativity that you would apply to
1: that sort of thing. For for me personally, um, yeah. do you know it probably was because I suppose I'm thinking more about, well, is this appropriate according to the rules rather than how does this feel in the game? And that's largely, I think, going to be down to John May have lack frozen. of play and familiarity yeah. uh, with I thought it was me. I think okay. inevitably.
0: <laughs> yeah. We're uh. J- John's dropped is out. Is there any crucial moments, moments okay, in that? so, so, so oh, while he sorry because it didn't back, appear to drop <coughs> out
4: here. Um, Am I here? So um, one thing I would say Hello? is one thing I can think. It's the only one. I can, it's the only game I can think of where it kind of has everything apart from a critical system. Uh, everything up to the critical system, and then it doesn't have the critical system. Hmm. And I think it, yeah. I think actually, yeah. I think you've had, actually hit quite a, an important nail on the head there, Shim. Great, I've rolled this fantastic roll. It doesn't actually give me anything. So, John, you froze completely for a...
1: Uh, it's interesting because nothing froze at this end, uh, and obviously my audio will be recorded <laughs> yeah. anyway. So I don't know which bit you missed. I don't know which bit you missed. So if you could tell me what you didn't hear, then I'll fill that back in. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I
2: think you said... how constrained you felt with um, with, with the game. You, you felt a little constrained by the rules.
1: Well, I'm wondering if it's if it's mostly lack of play and familiarity well. that over time I'd I'd be happier knowing what level these things are going to be and what my options were, not having to think, right okay, that means it's triggered one of these effects, let's Mm. have a look at those effects, you know, I've got to consult multiple things, and I will say actually this is the problem I have with Genesis more than any other game I've ever played Mm. but we'll get to Genesis another time (laughs) (laughs) because (laughs) I know to a lot of you you're more comfortable (laughs) with that than I am, so clearly I think there is some crossover here to a much lesser degree but still part of that that instead of just thinking okay, you've failed or you've critically failed let me come up with something I think would be appropriate it's Mm. sort of you've failed, critically failed, failed by 5 points whatever what's on the list? now I've got to look at the Mm. list now I've got to think if that fits how do I rephrase that to fit you've gained the high ground well, okay, is that the moral high ground in this case or is that sort of a, a political I don't know And I wonder if it gave me too much to think about. Uh, You know, because I don't like thinking. Let's be fair. (laughs) Well, no one does as a GM. This is 2020. Who likes
2: thinking?
1: (laughs) So, I don't know. I I wonder if. um, I I keep reading that, and every time I go back to it after we played, and I got that Mm. vague sense of disappointment. I thought, I didn't really get that to work. And I go back Mm. and have a read and think, this is really cool. Mm. I love this bit. I love that. And I had another look through it yesterday and today in preparation for this, and it was the same thing. I went, mean, oh, I'd forgotten it did that. That's terrific. Mm. But I, cu- I, I couldn't quite get it to come out somehow.
4: Perhaps it is just experience. Yeah. Perhaps we need to play it again.
1: Or maybe mm. it's, it's not experience, that it is actually providing um, support for something that doesn't f- naturally fit into what we're doing, that we, we haven't got a gap there that it's filling. So mm. I've
4: got a question for you, John this is quite a controversial question possibly especially amongst us oh as a, as it's we, not the one
2: about can you get pregnant on a radiator, is it
4: no 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 you <laughs> answered right. that. you've answered that one on many occasions um, okay. at you okay. tried to yeah <laughs> um, so how different do you think it would have been if Weasel and Sara were part of our group
1: it would have been um, very different I don't... I can't remember if there's a specific streetwise skill, but Sarah would have found something to try and use for every opportunity. Me, yes. uh, because, I mean, that's the kind of thing Roger's saying about Quest. It doesn't just exist in Hero Quest that you're always trying to use your best attribute, it's just that some people take the piss more than others, and it's more <laughs> obvious. Yeah. Would you say, right, can I, I'm i going to use my streetwise ability, and then you do something like, say, um, to sneak up the trunk of the pine tree to the bird's nest. It, what, streetwise?
2: What? <laughs> well, yes. Oh, you're always talking about that. I, like, cause about I, always we used to,
1: I always used to shimmy my way up telegraph poles on the street. You know, what, sorry, what? It's not what streetwise is. Um, And Weasel Shh. is very analytical about the rules. Uh, he, he he doesn't just grasp, but he dissects rules very, very quickly. And I think he would probably have been picking up on the breakpoints for rolls and that sort of thing very, very quickly. He would probably have been using the mechanical effects m- more successfully than me. So, yeah, I think it would have been different. Now, whether that would have caused any friction between somebody utilising those rules quite quickly and effectively to people who are perhaps just sort of, you know, I'll just take a plus two next time. I don't know. I don't know how that plays out in the game.
2: Um, John, you you, you say your overall experience of... Sorry.
0: No, 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 go
2: ahead. Well, I suppose my question, your overall experience of running the game was... Vague disappointment. Is that? I mean, is that more so, more so than you generally feel? Yeah, there's a, know, a bit I mean, of that, obviously, <laughs> just because
1: of who I'm who I'm playing with. I mean, I, <laughs> if, if you're going to put it out on the table, um, you, you none of you my first choices. No, but no, no um, we, know,
0: we know. We're
1: grateful. So, We're well, grateful. You, so, so you should. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, there's, there's very often a sense of disappointment when I run a game because I, I, I think of things I've had to like I've run a game where people actually got upset about um, one of the scenes to the extent I had to cut a huge chunk of the adventure out because it was just too disturbing it was by far the best oh, yes. scene I've ever yeah. written and the bit yes. that was going to come after it even though it included Max Jollity, was going to be great <laughs> <laughs> but would have been even more harrowing so well, I had to Max sort Jolity. of get rid of that well of course it was, it exactly. was if
2: we had
1: Max But you know, it made Max Jollity's kind of sacrifice and redemption all all the better And that you come out of it absolutely hating the man and then he goes and does something really nice for everybody and you think or well, you're supposed to think, Oh, I wonder if maybe he wasn't so bad. Ah oh, no, he was a git. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so I, I got that you know, I had that sense of disappointment. It's like it's crawled to a halt there and the thing that I thought this is gonna be a real dilemma you're going to have to really, really... It's, it's going to really tug the heartstrings, get all the emotions going. And people just went, uh, this is a bit grim. You have to cut it. So you get yeah. disappointment in all sorts of games. We've all been DMs. the overwhelming yeah, sense of... With <laughs> this, <laughs> oh, the ingratitude. gratitude. Uh, in this, it was a continual sense that I wasn't quite getting the rules across. And um, right. that I was having to worry more about the rules than I normally would, which made me worry then that I wasn't focusing on the actual scenario enough. And I do think it's a pretty decent scenario. Uh, it's quite inventive, it's got an interesting um, quite dark fairy tale element mm. to the edges of it. Mm. There are clues to pick up on, so you're not just totally surprised by something. Uh, you can get quite different results depending how you approach it. There are different ways into the, the sort of final elements of it. And I thought yeah. that was all quite good. But... I just—I um, suddenly find myself thinking: Have I totally forgotten something vital because I've been worrying about the rules? And they're not complicated mm. rules. That's the
4: annoying part.
2: Well, how did how did we enjoy it as players? Did the system
3: get in the way, or
4: I, I enjoyed it, but I don't think it was it was because or despite of the system.
3: I, I felt I was still learning the system by the final session. Yeah, uh, yeah, me too. And yeah, I, I greatly enjoyed it, but I
2: do know how much the system had to do with it. Uh, well, it was a
3: really okay. fun game. The, 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 the combat roles really did my head in. I mean, I can see why it's labelled damage on the sheet, because you could be able to convert, other, you know, for example, Labyrinth Lord Adventures to it, and they have a damage stuff yeah. for a monster. But the idea that damage is something you add to your attack role, not the amount of damage you do... Yeah, uh, that's right. i forgot That was a slightly... D- did. I don't know. Are we oh. just grognards in that
2: sense, or was that an elegance? I
0: mean, I'm just going to raise well, that Tunnels the... um, and Trolls also has, for example, weapon damage is added to your attack roll.
3: I, I, well, I, weapon I, damage I, is your attack roll. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. My feeling was that the rule summary really didn't make this clear. Um, it's <clears> otherwise quite a good rule summary, but that particular thing threw, threw me for longer than it probably should have.
2: Yeah. I suppose as yeah, a yeah, that, that, that didn't hit me so hard, so I, I don't recall that much. But yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, but
1: it was pretty. definitely an oddity, wasn't it?
2: Yeah,
1: it was something we. Ha- I remember having to keep checking that that was I was doing the right thing. As well, well. Was it a
2: pro- I don't want to say was this a problem because I, overall, I again I said it a few times. You just but I really it. enjoyed the game.
1: You, you're um, now uh, focusing on it. You're making a big deal out of <laughs> it. But go on.
2: Now, now it's awkward. Uh, Far in the, lip. in the, in the left. Um, but. Um, was one of the problems of the game? That, now I've just multiplied. The now problems. there are many, many problems. <laughs> just, there many problems. Was it that it was too close to an old school game, but not quite there? Was that was that an issue? Or I, I'm just wondering why we didn't quite deal
1: well, with was it? Well, was it was it an issue for you? You've br- you've brought that question up very visibly. Let's stick you on the
2: skewer. Go on then, you bastard. What was wrong with? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not sure. What, well, for me. I'm not sure what I got out of it that I wouldn't have got out. I mean I got more spells out of it, being speaking very botanically as a wizard, but um <laughs> mm. I, I didn't feel like I'd got a great deal more out of it than we would have got mm. out of Microite, for instance. Yeah. Which which I dm Um or Labyrinth Lord, which have I DM'd no, I could have. Um, but it oh dear. it it didn't feel sufficiently different. I I didn't feel like we were really grappling with new school play. I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it, I, I it didn't really mm. stick out in that sense to me. So, so, but so my experience good. as a player was I had a great time, mm. honestly. Yeah. So, um,
4: so, so, so for, I'll, I'll give you an example. For me, um, I realised probably halfway through that first combat, my character couldn't actually do anything in combat. I, or rather, that's not fair. I could do I, effects. But, you, but I'd never be I able to
2: say your word in combat until well after halfway through that first combat. Yes, exactly. I'm not I'm bitter about it. Yes, <laughs> indeed, but, indeed. Yes. I mean, that was a quick realisation. Someone who'd never been in combat.
4: Yeah. Well, no. I I, I then went to try and backstab, and then suddenly realised I was actually going to do no damage. So at which point, all I was doing all the way through all the combat spaces was trying to enhance, basically, either yourself or Roger.
2: But
4: that was a very old school problem, in that that was an undead creature. No, no, I couldn't. I no, my character can't do couldn't couldn't do damage. He had strength. Oh, okay. to, he had a fantastic dex, so he could. So, so but he had did strength. We not, off
2: because I had a, a thing I my brain to attack.
3: Well, yes, my brain could... missed throw yours.
4: <laughs> yeah, so I, so I could use my dex to attack but your damage was still then based on your weapon or whatever it to and nothing happened
1: but that could happen in basically DD. Yeah. i mean if you're playing you know halfling with a with a dagger and you haven't got any particular bonuses or anything like that you'll very often find yourself not able to really participate in a combat except that, when you're except low level
4: except that you could backstab and backstab was depending was, what
1: what class you were yeah yeah mm-hmm.
4: so let's i mean but but yeah. but i mean i was playing a a professional scout um so um (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so yeah so you know that 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 was part of the thing was i was playing some and, and and don't get me wrong that was fine because i then for the rest of the time pretty much and i mean this is where nick and shim i mean this is my recollection of it anyway um I was trying to enhance you guys and, and uh, you know I was, I was I was trying to enhance yourself and Roger Nick I mean you you know you you listened to this thing whereas yes. you know, I, I you know whereas I just played it <laughs> Yeah you, you were giving yeah, me assists
2: most
0: of the time Yeah
2: Well mm. you say most of the time I mean okay. actually when uh, I, I mean, when I, I, mean, I turned it's... up <laughs> but I don't know I enjoyed the I, I enjoyed that aspect of it that you know Marvin didn't well, is there
1: is <laughs> that actually a success for this system then? That at this level you find yourself in a combat. Yes, uh, actually against a fairly powerful undead knight, which you didn't Thank know you. about. Um, oh, you should still done that. You've got forces of magic to call upon.
2: I grappled the fucker.
1: Yeah, well, you jumped on him. Like a shrieking schoolgirl from a 1950s comedy. Can
2: <laughs> <laughs> <It was> oh, <laughs> no, I just point out? I have never so anyway, seen a 1950s comedy no, where the a shrieking schoolgirl grappled You're not in any position to criticise poor dice
0: rolling.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was I was running this game, Jim. I, <laughs> yeah. When we get to a game where my poor di ro- dice rolling affected the party in a negative way, then we can bring it up. <laughs> but in this case, my poor dice rolling was a boon to the party. But what I'm it's wondering, just true. to get briefly back to, to Mark's situation, is because there's a system built in here for actually assisting, does that give you then something that you wouldn't have got in a number of situations in, in D&D? Or did it, in fact, just fall flat? It, was sort of, no. it gave you the option, but didn't quite follow through on it.
4: Okay, so for me... It meant that I ended up being halfway between a D&D thief and a Pathfinder thief, roughly. That's kind of how I've. That's, that's kind of what's just popped into my mind now. Okay, In, I don't know what
1: that means, but alright.
4: Okay, so, so so again, I've played an awful lot of Pathfinder, same as um, Shim. So, Shim, would you agree that um, a first level uh, halfling th- thief with a low. Um, strength in Pathfinder, you're not going to do damage right to the point where you backstab and then suddenly you. My God, are you um, taking them down, sort of thing? Because you're going for the Basically, crystals, you're going for the yeah. vitals.
0: Yeah, I mean, what you're From doing what? is flanking.
4: Hmm. Now I'm um. even going back pre prior to basic D and D, so I'm I'm now going back to bloody hell. How young was I? um And I don't think I ever played. Well, I know I didn't play a Thief back then. Um, I only played a Fighter, I think, uh, back in the original um, thing. But I have a feeling Thief couldn't really do very much if they weren't kind of like a little secondary fighter. But that's Mm. not necessarily a good thing. I think you're you're, right. Yeah. So you're kind of going back to. um, I mean, one of the things. I mean, I can remember was the. Kind of the siren call for for second edition when they started bringing in skills and bits and pieces was i 've got an um, a illusionist who has eighteen intelligence sixteen dexterity, and there 's a lock that is basically a first you know i 'm tenth level the first level thief is going to get through that no problem at all i can't do anything about it.
1: Of course, you could make it look as if you've opened it. I can make it look <laughs> as
4: though I've opened it, but I can't actually open the lock. And that was, and that to a certain extent, was the reason why all the skills and bits and pieces came into D and D, sort of, you know, two to sort of with the skills and powers onwards, uh and then obviously three and three point five was because everyone went, you know, this is mad. Why, why can't somebody do something like this? And then you started having different things then where thieves... Thieves could do something, but if a thief did it, it was magical, and if a normal person did it, it wasn't. And then that's when it started getting very odd. Yeah, that is odd. odd. Mm.
0: So, um, coming back to... um I, I mean, I think this is a, a point, you know, uh, obviously we've talked a little bit about this in terms of Tunnels and Trolls, but I think it will be interesting to say, um, you know, looking at this game, Tunnels and Trolls, which is much more familiar to the group, um, or even something like The Black Hack, which is an even more stripped down rule set. How do you feel those fit together? Was there a difference? Um, what was different? Okay, uh-huh. so,
4: I, I mean, one thing I would say, the more we're talking about it, the more I'm thinking about it, I wouldn't mind giving it another try.
2: Hmm. seconded. Seconded. I I, yeah,
4: I yeah. Would agree. I I, I'm, I think some of my issues weren't necessarily issues with the system per se, I think they were more my perceptions of what the system was going to do.
2: I have to say... I think that is largely down to the GM and you know we, we always, well me and Mark enjoyed playing it. Roger, did did you enjoy playing? It? Yeah,
3: effusive it, it, about the. As, as I say, it took took me time to get my head around what the character was effective at, what they could do, what they couldn't do, and hmm. let's face it, a, a, a monk is a bit a bit of a strange choice anyway. I can't remember now exactly why I went for him, but uh, well, you yeah, went for him because it was
1: a bit of a strange choice, you know, <laughs> the way it seemed to me. <laughs> Um, but, but, I yeah. mean, it wasn't a natural party then. I, I realise in Tunnels and Charles we've got a party made up of wizards. <laughs> <laughs> but even this, you know, we've got, what, what was it, a wizard, a monk, and a hobbit? You know, a, it's,
2: ecumenical uh,
1: ecumenical archway. Ah, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I it was it was a slightly odd mix, so I do wonder if we hadn't got some, some bases not covered as well as others.
2: Mm. I would come down to, for me, as a GM, the systems where I, I basically feel very comfortable improvising in and don't stress about whether I've hit a rule or not, and those mm-hmm. include call of Cthulhu. Um though it is, I'm not you know, I'm not lying to its flaws, but I just I can I can improvise quite quickly in it. Um, and we're all familiar enough with it that if I've improvised wrong you can <laughs> you can correct me. Gertz, yes. again, for some reason I feel very comfortable just saying it, it, it just feels easy to improvise in. I think it has its, a
1: logic that was a key. It has a it logic
2: up. that is, despite its uh, undeserved reputation for complexity, except in character creation, it, it runs very smoothly. I feel for uh, and weirdly for me, the one that I always think of as an example is the Western game Star Wars, which I should mm-hmm. love, but every time I've dm would it, I never feel comfortable improvising in it, and I don't know mm. why, but I always feel like I'm winging it, and it shows, and I don't like it, and it's uncomfortable, and that makes it not a pleasant system for me to run, for some reason. And I don't... How hmm. how does yeah, that's that... That's interesting. I don't, I don't know why. I couldn't tell you why. I, I don't know if it's just the additive system as opposed to a difficult. But how did that... How does that feel with you, John, with this game, particularly? Do you have a similar
1: yeah I did feel a little a little naked um when I was sort of you know applying the rules and um oh, be uh, and so on. Either, anyway. uh because I suppose it's because if I'm running tunnels and trolls you know you, you know I'm making it all up so um <laughs> i mean it doesn't mechanically support you in many many areas because that wasn't what it was built to do.
2: It's not it a Wonderbra system, is
1: it? It's not a Wonderbra. no. It is, however, a Wunderbar system, <laughs> um, but not a mm. Wonderbra. no. Um, so I suppose that also affects the way I, I run it, in that knowing that it doesn't have anything to support um, specifically uh, beyond its saving role Your system...
2: Your ample GM in bushings.
1: Yeah, it's like I, can fall, I can fall back on... Uh, Professor Barker, by the time he, you know, he'd written some very complicated rules, Empire of the Petal Throne, Swords and Glory got even more complicated, and um, Asiel even more complicated. Um, and yet, apparently in his games, uh, in his later years, he basically would roll a percentage, and uh, if it got high, it didn't go well for you. If you got a low number, it went pretty well. That was, yeah. that was basically it. Didn't even, he, he would just interpret it according to your character and what they were doing. And it doesn 't really support you so much as just give you a, a suggestion as to which direction you 're going in, and in some ways, tunnels and trolls does that. I look at your character and I can see which direction I ought to be making yeah. a decision towards if it 's kind of a you know rather than it being fifty fifty your character really it would make it more seventy thirty let 's say yeah nothing specific but whereas this i don 't know I almost felt that it gave me a bit of support but its support was a, almost confusing the issue
2: mm.
1: and that's because I just didn't I didn't intuitively get it and I don't think I ever became comfortable through applying the rules
2: enough um, I mean, are we coming round to say we're just too old? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, to, to me this felt the, the, this felt much more like the Black Hack Session we did in that it was explicitly an old school game as in, there are some expectations that it's trying to meet, of you know how yeah. how things fit right. together. Yeah. Whereas Tunnels and Trolls isn't. I mean, it, it's obviously an actual old school game because it's an actual old game. But, but it's not
2: trying to do anything. But Tunnels apparently.
3: and Trolls has been doing its own thing from the very early days. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not trying to say here is how it, here is how a standard dungeon works.
1: No, that's very true. I mean, this is is uh, explicitly designed to be compatible. It's It, it only goes up to 4th level, for instance, and that's on the same sort of scale as D&D, mm-hmm. uh, older D&D. So that isn't particularly high, and the idea is very much not you then buy our next set, but you then use things you already own to boost <coughs> it, bulk it up, or go and buy some new stuff, you know, if you're just getting into it. Which also makes me wonder what the market is for this one, because... I just feel it, it really did fall between probably a whole cluster of stools. Um, uh, unjustly so, because it, it, it's trying to, to sort of give you something that I don't know if a lot of people noticed was missing.
4: i tell you mm. what I think. Do you know what it? I mean? I, I think it would have done really, really well that if I'd have been playing D&D back in 1st or 2nd edition, um, probably AD, yeah, and D or second edition, and then this came along, and I would have seen this and it would have absolutely blown me away, because mm. it would have given me all this extra stuff. It would have suddenly been all the support for role, for the role playing side of it, you know, where um, we had to kind of make all that up as, it, as you went on, and 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 and, and you you know when, when I was playing at sort of you know in You know, as a tween and then sort of teenager and then young adult slowly 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 the role playing side of it became more and more important and the roll dice side of it slowly became less so and this actually Mm. encourages that quite early on so it doesn't encourage the the oh oh I've, I've picked up a plus two sword it's better than my plus one sword I'll been the plus one, etc., and you know, and, and so on and so forth. That side of it, it really encourages, and that's great. And if I'd have been playing it like I say in my late teens, early twenties, I'd have done brilliant. I'm a bit older than that now. Yeah, I've had an I mean, awful lot more experience
1: solving a problem that you, you simply don't have these days.
4: Uh, basically, yeah. Mm. You know, for oh, well, yeah. better or for worse. Um, I mean, you know. I'm as good at as role player now as I'm probably ever going to be, sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not likely to win on Gary Gygax's well, score. Were
1: well, we all <laughs> expecting Nick to jump in with a very acidic comment? There is it
2: just me? <laughs> it? I do know. I bit my um, tongue. Um, um, so, yeah, sorry. I was just going.
0: I was just going to ask. um So I'm wondering if one of the things and I know this is something Mm -hmm. I've struggled with in terms of getting scripts with new systems is none of us have been a player in it. Um, So things that I feel comfortable with I have played and then moved on Mm -hmm. to GMing.
1: Then GMed. Once I'd
0: had that experience. And obviously that isn't the case here. Do you think that is a factor Mm. in the difficulty people are all having in, uh, especially you, John, in in feeling comfortable with the system? It it could
1: be, because obviously you've got to get a a sense of how it's supposed to work without having seen somebody else cock it up, uh, uh, somebody else run it. Um, In a way, though, I don't know, the fact that it's so similar in many respects to other games deliberately so in the case of the old school and then with things like 3D6 and adding bits and pieces on very much like GURPS or, or a few others it's, um, it's sort of just combining other bits in a way uh, very cleverly but that certainly gave me the sense that I, I felt I knew how it was going to run You know, you know, you, once you've read and played a few games you do start to get that sense if you're reading something you go oh, I'm never going to run this this won't work for me at all. And I didn't get yeah. that with this at all. I was actually quite excited to run it. But I don't know. Maybe I was either misinterpreting it or just simply not translating the rules quite in play in the way they, they were meant to. I think that's probably from my side where it, it did fall down. I wasn't being able to fluidly just convert those effects from the effect engine into effects in in terms of the narrative and the the action that was going on.
4: I'll say mm. I'm going to say something now, quite controversial. I think again, again, That, that is one. twice in one, contra- you know? no, no. twice co- t- two controversies in the same night. I think we didn't roll enough. I think when we mm. were doing all the social sides and bits and pieces, we just role played it. But if if you'd asked to do,
1: keep rolling, do you think you'd have thought this is a bit mechanical?
4: I think we probably would have. But yeah. I think that's the way the system works. Okay. Hmm. And I yeah, think that's I thought. think there's an au- I think there's an awful lot that we that, that, that rightly so, and in, 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 from 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 how we play as as a group of players, you just basically. Role played, you know. So when we were talking to the um, to the nuns and bits and pieces, and we suddenly realised halfway through that they are about as much use as a chocolate fireguard. Um, that's only because you missed asking the right people the right questions. Yeah, well that might be <laughs> the case, but that's beside the point. Um, but um, yeah, we're talking to them um at, at bits and pieces, and we I get the impression that we should have, from a system point of view, been. Rolling almost all the time. Hmm. Maybe, maybe with what we were saying and what we were doing to maybe give us bonuses and so on and so forth, but it kind of felt more that sort of style game that because we don't play that way, we kind of missed out a, a, a side of it that, that there may be, I don't know. I don't know what other people think there.
2: Yeah, I, mean, I'm, I'm... I, I, no, I never felt we were lacking, I, you know, when we were all playing, I suppose it was one, but this was a slightly unusual game in that it's the first time I can remember in a while we had a bit of a clash of, um what would my character do, what the, what then's better for the party, and that my character strongly wanted to do something that the rest of the party wasn't keen on, and that's like the old that's paladin. That's ignite
1: something, basically. Was, you're, you're curious,
2: <laughs> I, think, I think I wanted to go in and um, rescue a child because he was there at risk. No, the you wanted, like, no, you wanted up, we, to we set a child on days. fire. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Ignis no, no, no. was a fundamentally um, good character. But it, I, it, it's a bit...
0: I, I did make a point of this during the thing. Um, Nick's character very, very strongly felt that it was urgent to go... As soon as he knew you ought to go to the cave and look for the child. That that was the absolutely paramount thing. Even though actually mechanically the best thing for all of you would have been to have rest because you were taking a bunch of penalties.
2: And I suppose that is a, 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 a like a very much like the old, um, paladin thing of like oh we've got some goblin prisoners should we kill them all should we let them go and you know many parties have got into place because of that. I I'm not sure the. Mechanic, you know, we could have done some social roles there, but I'm not sure the mechanics would have helped or hindered that situation.
1: You know, I, no, I, I, I don't think they'd have actually been particularly relevant because also the scenario dictates the success of, of of when you go to look for this missing child, what you're going to find.
2: It was if you, if, no, if you
1: go immediately, you haven't, you simply haven't got enough information to know what you're fighting, and it's much more dangerous than you think. In fact, if you'd followed your character's instincts, you'd have been, been slaughtered.
2: One of one of, my, <laughs> one of the reasons I have fond memories of the, the game is because it got me a bit like your old, um, your fringe-worthy game, John. Um, it actually got me invested emotionally in the character, that I, I knew what my character would have done. I and mean, In the end, I backed down for the sake of, you know, the old friends that we did with it. Um, but it, I, I like games like that, where you have to be, like, you have to, but that has nothing to do with the mechanics. We're all role players, you know. I, I don't think that would have been any different in any other game, except maybe an indie game where I would have said, you know, in Dogs of the Vineyard, right, I'm escalating to getting my wand out now, you know, or whatever. Uh, oh, sorry, wait, to, please uh, don't. Sorry right. to bring my wand into it. Um, <laughs> I, so I don't know. I, I wonder. I wonder after this uh, discussion. Is this just a game that was, as John has alluded to a number of times, is it a game that is trying to fix a problem, much like many of Robin Laws <coughs> created? Is it trying to fix a problem that that we don't really have for all things? Well, we play it through.
1: We don't have, or maybe we don't feel we have. It could well be a problem that we do have, maybe. but we we either refuse to admit it or we just work around it, and so we're but not really noticed. I remember it. at
2: the end of that session where we came to Blaze, I was genuinely stressed and worked up. Um, is there an indie system that would have diffused that would it would diffuse in my feeling of that would that have made it less memorable i don 't know i, I don 't really know an answer to that except that if indie games are trying to promote emotions like that well well I had emotions like that in this fairly straightforward od and d game but i don 't think the rules had anything to do with that I think. We just got
1: into no. our characters. No, I think the scenario was was the thing that was yes. putting the choices there for you. The rules, of course, did mean that you'd taken damage, and you you did have a sort of strategic, I suppose, a kind of meta game thing. But in reality, you would have looked at each other and thought, "We're not in the best shape here." But yeah, that was a scenario. But, uh, but I was thing, playing, I think, you know, a, a fanatic. You know, if I Imagine.
2: I was playing my character as a hell who, who did not give a shit about himself, he was a fanatic. Uh, so it was. I don't know. I don't know what point I'm trying to make there, except that that came about independently of the system. And I think you made a very good point that that was the scenario and our characters. And I don't think the system had anything to do with that. And that's why I love roleplay. That—that's just—and—and and that could have come about in any system. What I—what I would dislike is an indie system where we were like, "Oh, you're in conflict. Now we've got to roll some dice about it." Do you know what I mean? Mm. Mm.
1: Thank you for coming to my TED talk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um so something else um which we discussed um previously with the black Hat uh with the, the clue hack but uh obviously this group is, is now playing online. Uh do you feel like this system is one that works well adequately, poorly for online play?
1: For running it I certainly didn't think there was anything about it that caused a problem um, it's got hero points and effects points but it's not that kind of fate point Savage Worlds, Benny's economy where they're flying back and forth and it's better to have physical tokens it doesn't use mm. any any extra props unless you want props so from that point of view it's no different than GURPS or Cthulhu or anything mm. so no I don't, I don't think there's anything to get in the way of this sort of play beyond the kind of restrictions that th- you know online play introduces regardless. Mm.
0: Yeah.
2: Agreed.
4: Yeah, I didn't particularly see that it was any worse than anything else we've, we've played. I mean, that uh,
1: sad, obviously, it's not any better. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no. it, it doesn't address it, yeah. the
3: issue. Well, yes, I, I, I've, I don't, I've don't only think seen, we have an issue, really. I've only God seen God. one game that's explicitly designed for online play, and it's too indie for me, it scares me, so... I, I would say,
2: the flip side of the coin. To, the flip side of the coin. Coin flipping coins isn't very for well us. Up. Um The only game I have played—I don't know if we tried it online. I, think, I don't know if we had such an event. The only game I can think of that isn't really suitable for online play was Savage Worlds, simply because of the card initiative system. And the Benny's
1: system. Yeah, I haven't tried it online because um, there are too many bits that I would. Ha- I think you have to replicate within yeah. the online environment. Yeah, yeah. A lot I, of people think... do play Savage Worlds online. I'll tell you what I don't, don't think. I don't think part. will work terribly well, but does have major problems, and that's Dread, the game that uses Jenga as a resolution mechanic. <laughs> Fair <laughs> Fair mechanic.
2: Point. Fair possible,
1: possible, but I think just more trouble than it's worth. <laughs> Is this
2: you trying to get out of my strip?
3: D- Dread game that I've been trying for a while. Uh, ah, well, once you've got, got the live streaming for, for patrons...
4: <laughs> Sorry Roger, I missed
3: a... Once you've got the live streaming set up for the, for the uh, patrons uh, that'll be fine. I don't see what's happening <laughs> about
2: pushing a bit of wood
1: out with your pants. It's when you get your wand out, the problem. Mm. <sighs> Right, right, have we kind of gone in circles have... a bit there a, a bit, he says? Oh, surely <laughs> not. <laughs> Was there anything that people felt needed to be addressed or that you wanted to say just so you can have the last word? Is there are there any questions, is there anything you got sorted, Shim, that we haven't uh, talked around?
0: No, I mean we've we've been through all of the sort of points uh sketched up beforehand which are mostly based on the questions we asked in the first set uh, in the first session. Yeah. Um I suppose any final thoughts on how do people feel about the idea of having another session of it, now that we've thrashed it out pretty exhaustively?
3: Positive.
4: Yeah, I think I'd, I'd definitely like to try it again with a bit more understanding. Now we understand the rules a little bit more, now we understand that it, 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 it does actually encourage team play.
1: Do you think now you've you know, spent a bit of time looking at the rules and having played it, that you would then maybe feel you can be proactive and engage with that effects mechanic, and that that might make a difference, rather than it feeling like something, oh, I've got to do this because I've rolled something. Do you know what I mean? Do you, yes. do you feel like you could be actually yeah. thinking, right, I, if I go for this, I've got this bonus, I've got a good chance of getting an effect which might let me do X. Something you can actually start to work it into the way you're playing.
4: Yeah, though I don't think the way, and, and this might this might be the way that we played it. But I don't think aiming for. I didn't see how you could aim for. Oh, I'll get. I'll, I'll. I'll. Keep my bonuses until I get this one. Yeah, that didn't kind of. We we kept talking about it, but I couldn't see how we could. Mm. All right. Okay.
2: And that, I again, think, might be... Like,
4: but that might be our limitation rather than than the systems, per se, sort of thing.
2: For my two aquatic birds worth, as they say, I I would uh, very much be keen for another uh, um, shag, by the way. Um, uh, I would be very keen to have another go. But I don't know how much of that is... Why oh, are you all shaking your head? Um, I don't know how much of that is... <laughs> I just like my character. Um, <laughs> but I, is, I enjoy. This is the I problem, really Nick. You always game.
1: have to go back to your characters. You, you know, you loved Ron Jambo, and all your characters are so memorable.
4: <laughs> Probably.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, all all the other ones, Ron Jambo, and the other one. Um, I yeah, I I would like to play Agnes again. Were if you said I'm going to do Agnes again, but I'm going to do it in Lamentation of the Flame Princess, I'd be fine. So, would I be? desperate to play this game again. again. Uh, I, you
4: see, funnily enough, I'd like to try it with a different character. Don't, mm. As much as I love Marvin. I, I, I mean, thought... I'd like you to
2: try it with a different character. <laughs> 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 maybe That's... one who actually interface with the party maybe <laughs> slightly
4: more than a nodding associate. Uh, if, but, if, I'm,
2: uh... <laughs> if I'm very honest, yes, this discussion has made me think I would give it another go. I certainly had fun playing it. Maybe I'd have more fun if we Uh, tried a bit more of the rules? Don't know. Don't know. I suppose the real question to John is, would you want to run it again?
1: I wouldn't object to running it. Um, It's just one of those things where when I look at running a game I have to think, well, alright, why would I choose this system over something else? Yeah. And if I was going to just make up an adventure, or... um, something like that, or just improvise something as we went, I'd almost certainly go for something like Tunnels and Trolls if I was doing a bit of fantasy, just because then I don't feel I'm causing any problems about fitting it in with somebody else's stuff. With this, if I was going to run an OSR game, do you know what, I think I would probably use um, Old School Essentials now, which is a very faithful recreation of the old basic set from 1981, Basic and Expert and it's very clear, it's brilliantly laid out but it doesn't add this sort of thing to the rules because I'm almost thinking adding that in has kind of not helped us it's not given the game a boost and a unique feel that yeah. I felt was working be- it, it, it always felt a bit forced and while I'm pretty certain some of the blame for the way that fell flat was, was me and um, some of it may be the system I don't want to you know, I didn't feel the system fell flat because of the way it's written or anything. I just couldn't quite get it in action somehow. So if it wasn't there, if maybe the resolution mechanic was there but the whole effect thing wasn't, it would almost have been a better game for me.
2: Right?
1: Because I'd have filled, I'd have filled in the description or whatever um, mm. rather than the plus two. Hmm.
3: It'll be interesting to try sometime. I mean, it's been, a, apart from the games I've had with, with you guys, it's been quite a long time since I did any sort of dungeon bashing. Mm. Uh, and I, I think I've got, got over my not being terribly interested in it with, with the right GM, which you lot are fine. Aww.
1: You've got to approach it as its own genre, I think. If you go in and think, well, this is restrictive, because of course it is restrictive, I mean, that's the point, really, <laughs> <laughs> um, then it's a problem. Whereas if you start thinking... Right. If we're actually going on an expedition, if we're going spelunking for three days, what are the things that can go wrong? What are we trying to achieve? What ha- we've got to conserve the batteries for the torches. You know, we've got to make sure we've got enough food. If you actually play it the way it was really played quite early on, where it was um, equipment management and resource management, which the Black Hack focuses on mm, as well, yeah. then I think it's its own game and it can be fun. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, that was what I was thinking.
3: Yes. Well,
0: um, I think we've we've exhausted the the main conversations. I think we've, we've. Can we call we, it we milk? Milk the teeth
2: dry.
1: No, we can't. No, we can't. No, I've lo- lost lost no. you there, Nick. Sorry. It's no, weird. It Every time yeah, you say something like that, my brain screams. It's like having <laughs> selective tinnitus.
0: Selective tinnitus. <laughs> 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 I wish.
4: My, um, I wish my tinnitus was selected.
0: Oh, oh, I know it when you talk dirty. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think we, we've, we've, we've bludgeoned that particular <laughs> deceased equine for <laughs> nearly two and a half hours. Wow. Uh, Have we there. really? So, good God. Yep. Uh, oh. So maybe if we call it there for now, with the potential interest in uh, having a look at this game. Uh, made with a fresh, fresh set of
1: eyes, um, and yeah. yeah anything anyone else wants to say? I
0: think I'm done. No, i think... Done. done.
1: Yes. Well, uh, thank you, Professor Tolkien. That was. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. Thanks for sharing that, Tim. <sighs> and uh, thanks everyone for actually playing the game. I'm glad you had some fond memories.
0: Very uh,
1: so, well. I'll wish you good night then. See you oh, next time. Brilliant. Nice oh. Okay,
0: cheers. No. Bye. Oh, count the award. Count towards. Are we
2: doing the song?
1: No. What song?